Hello and welcome to the Friday, July 2nd, 2021 Firecracker edition of On Iowa Politics. This week, the never-ending campaign, cheated, on the border, and big money. Hi, I'm James Lynch with the Cedar Rapids Gazette, and with me today are Tom Barton of the Quad City Times. Uh, good morning, Tom. Good morning, James. Amy Rivers of the Waterloo Cedar Falls Courier. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, James. You can find us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to On Iowa Politics wherever you find your podcast. First up, the continuous, continual campaign. <laughs> that continues. <laughs> continues, yes. To be continued. Campaign 2022 and 2024 are bleeding together as GOP A-listers make their way to Iowa to boost the local Republicans who will be on the ballot next year and introduce themselves to folks who might not, who, excuse me, who might be caucusing ahead of the next presidential election, uh, assuming there is a caucus, of course, and Republicans say they, they definitely will be first in the nation in 2024. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley was in the state to serve up some red meat at the Republican Party of Iowa's annual Lincoln Day dinner. Then she took the leftovers to the Quad Cities for a fundraiser for freshman U.S. Representative Marionette Miller-Meeks. Tom, I guess uh, her message was that second district Republicans should double down on Miller-Meeks. Does that mean she wants a uh, freshman congresswoman to win re-election by at least 12 votes next year? <laughs> uh, so I think it speaks to the fact that uh, Miller Meeks is among the most vulnerable House Republicans up for re-election in 2022, facing attacks from both House Democrats eager to wrest back the seat and, and hold on to or you know, potentially grow the majority in Congress, as well as possible attacks from within her own party for her more moderate stances on certain issues. So Miller Meeks said that she was called a traitor and a rhino, Republican in name only, um, by a small portion of individuals within the party for joining Democrats and 34 other GOP House members to back legislation to create an independent bipartisan commission to, to investigate the, the January uh, 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol, uh, you know, largely incited by Trump and his supporters over baseless claims of a stolen election and widespread voter fraud in the 2020 election. Um, so she had, Miller makes a, addressed this in, in, in the fundraiser and defended her position um, as support for rank and file Capitol Police who deserve answers and, and to know the results of why there was a breach of security and failures in leadership, um, how to remedy and prevent such breakdowns in the future and what additional support is needed for, for Capitol law enforcement going forward. Um, she said she felt uh, any commission with or excuse me, felt in a commission with equal representation from both parties was, uh, quote, the rational, pragmatic thing to do. But her and Haley's comments suggest maybe some of the Trumpier, more conservative arms of the party may not be overly comfortable with, with Miller Meeks, who in the last election cycle had to fend off a primary challenge from former Quad Cities and Illinois Republican Congressman Bobby Schilling, who ran to the right of Miller Meeks and raised doubts about her position on abortion um, as a conservative pro-life lawmaker. Um, you know, so, so Haley's comments could be seen in some ways as an effort to solidify the party support behind Miller Meeks and discourage a potential primary challenger in this next election cycle, you know, someone who could run at her from the right. It's a competitive district. Democrats, you know, while they lost ground in farm communities and, you know, traditionally reliable factory and Rivertown stronghold, or used to be strongholds for them in Southeast Iowa, they still have strong registration numbers in the district. Um, and while historically the first election after a presidential election favors the party out of out of power and, you know, cuts in the favor of Republicans, 
you won't have Trump on the ballot to drive turnout and help Republicans down ballot in this next election cycle. You know, the electorate will likely look more different than it did this last cycle. And in, in, in even last cycle, you know, Iowa's second district had a razor thin margin. Um, and, and Iowa's a red state, uh, even more so since the 2020 election. So I think Haley's remarks may reflect a, a worry or an effort by national and state party leaders to try and combat a possible lack of enthusiasm among Iowa Republican voters to turn out and help reelect Miller Meeks, um, who again is more moderate compared to her fellow, fellow House GOP members, including Ashley Hinton and Randy Feenstra. Um, and House Democrats have targeted Miller Meeks in the district. You know, they're, again, easy to, to rest back the seat uh, they held for 14 years and try and help hold on to their majority. Um, and, and, you know, as Haley put it, they're going to put even more uh, money into trying to defeat Miller Meeks this time. So despite uh, Miller Meeks' vulnerability, Tom, uh, where are the Democratic challengers? Um, yeah, so I really think that the the delay in um, drawing um, the congressional districts, drawing the boundaries has kind of frozen the field, both for Democrats as, as well as any potential GOP challenger. Um, it should be noted, however, you know, haven't heard at this point that there there, there is or potentially could be a Republican challenger to, to Miller Meeks. Um but, you know, that's causing a lot of issues and, and, and problems, you know, for anybody jumping into this race who isn't a, a, a Republican, you know, not knowing how this district is, is going to be drawn. Based on uh, Haley's remarks and those by Arkansas Senator Tom Cotton up in deep red Sioux Center, Amy, uh, it appears that Republicans have a sort of a cheat sheet of hot button issues to fire up the base, U.S. versus China, immigration and vice president. Kamala Harris's tardiness in visiting the border, hostile media, defund the police, uh, and so on and so on. Republicans seem to be loving it. Do, do these messages have any staying power, and will people still be paying attention 17 months from now when they go to vote? To these issues, maybe not. I mean, there could obviously be different issues and will be different issues in, in 17 months. Um, I'm assuming coronavirus, too, will be upon us. Uh, just kidding. I'm hoping it's not. That was a reverse jinx. But, but in, in all seriousness, um, the, you know, the, these rallies are modeled after um, Trump rallies, really, by and large, which are, um, you know, these, you know, star-studded events, obviously, that, um, you know, are, are riling up the base. And, and so... I really think absent um, Trump's appearance, these candidates have to sort of be that surrogate to him um, to really get the Republican Party to come out to the rallies and, and furthermore than to, to go and vote. But as far as whether that's going to translate into votes in 17 months, it's really going to depend on um, you know factors that are going to happen in like the few weeks and maybe a couple months before the election, I would think. I mean, based on what we've seen in the past, you know, the the recent past for, um, you know, the party and, and where it's going, it's really going to come down to you. Does Trump support them? Does Trump even run? Um, is he going to bring them along or is he going to push them to the side? And I think that's really more important right now than um, sort of the red meat issues that we're, we're seeing come up. So I'm going to call on you guys to make a prediction. Who's the first uh, Iowa candidate to have uh, Trump uh, make an ad or make an appearance in Iowa, Reynolds or one of uh, the members of Congress, uh, Miller Meeks, mm -hmm. Hinson, Feenstra, um, I suppose even Chuck Grassley. Do you think it's a lot? Do you think it's likely? 
I, I think out of any of them, it's probably going to be Reynolds. I would think so too. Either Reynolds or, um, you know, Hinson hasn't run afoul of him. I think Feenstra could be a good candidate. I don't necessarily think maybe maybe Miller Meeks. Potentially, but yeah, I don't know. It, it, you know, I mean, Feenstra probably doesn't need him in that district. I mean, at least as it right. is today. I mean, because of the overwhelming Republican voter registration advantage. Miller Meeks, right. um, you know, maybe she needs to turn out her base. Hinson, it almost seems like it could be a two-edged sword there in the first district. Yeah, it would turn out her base, but at the same time, it may also turn out the the Democratic base as well. I mean, it's 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 a pretty competitive district, like like the second. So. Yeah. Well, and it's worth noting that um, Miller Meeks' uh, uh, vote for that January sixth commission, you know, probably <laughs> turned off Trump, and, and and certainly did not sent well with him. You know, he. He sent out um, a, a statement attacking those 35 House um, geo- Republican members that, that sided with Democrats and voted for that, you know, calling them. I think he said he, they were weak or something along those lines. So, yeah, Trump turning out and doing an ad for Miller Meeks, maybe not so much. Yeah, <laughs> seems unlikely. Mm-hmm. And Grassley, I can't I can't see Grassley either. I mean, yeah. if Grassley runs, I, I just can't see that happening. Yeah, yeah. So here's the real question about that Tom Cotton visit. Could you beat Grassley in a push-up contest? You think you could do that? <laughs> could Trump? No, right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I want to be there for that one. <laughs> right? <laughs> Grassley is still fit. He can still, yes, I can beat him in a push-up contest. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I looked at that and, you know, immediately felt incredibly terrible about myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I might have to fake an injury. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, perhaps more interesting than Haley's comments uh, down in the Quad Cities uh, was Miller Meek's claim, despite winning her fourth attempt at a seat in the U.S. House, that she was cheated. Tom, what, what, she's talk- what is she talking about here and, and, and what evidence that she offer yeah she didn't really offer any evidence and and it doesn't really seem to be any evidence that she was cheated and in fact quite the opposite which i think you know i've talked about ad nauseum on on this podcast um she seemed she seemed to be making uh the argument that the counting and, and recounting wasn't done in the same way in every county and that the rita hart campaign pushed for inconsistent recount methods in the few counties um, she carried, including Scott County, um, and that those methods couldn't be trusted, that they valued some ballots over others and raised concerns about the accountability of the process. So was Senator Robbie Smith in the audience? Um, He ran that election bill that didn't do anything about the recount procedures. Right. Yeah. Robbie Smith wasn't there. He wasn't able to make it, according to Miller Meeks. And, and no, uh, you know, quite the opposite. She praised Robbie Smith and the GOP-led Iowa legislature for changes made this year to the state's election laws, calling it, quote, absolutely the right thing to do. And that, quote, we know it was the right thing to do because U.S. Attorney General uh, Merrick Garland is now suing the state of Georgia. And make no mistake, they will come after the state of Iowa. So seemingly making the case that if uh, the Democratic Biden administration is going after GOP-led states for claims of restricting voting access, that Iowa Republicans must be doing something right. Hmm. Okay. 
<laughs> Makes sense. Uh, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, also, uh, Governor Kim Reynolds uh, is forging ahead with her plan to send uh, Iowa State Patrol troopers to the southern border, no, and not to the Missouri border, but Mexico. Um, although unaccompanied refugee children coming across the border are not Iowa's problem, according to the governor, she believes Customs and Border Protection and law enforcement officers from Texas and Arizona and elsewhere need some help. So she's deploying 25 to 30 of the state patrol's 550 sworn officers over the 4th of July weekend, one of the deadliest times on Iowa roads. Um, Amy, uh, that opened the door for uh, gubernatorial hopeful Representative Ross Smith to offer some criticism of the governor's plan. Obviously, you know, <laughs> since he's running for governor, I'm sure he's he's going to be criticizing mm-hmm. all of the plans. Um, but but yeah, I mean, you can definitely make a case that sure, the Iowa State Patrol could be better used um, during one of the deadliest yeah. weekends okay. of, so you know, motorists being on the roads and, and that sort of thing. Um, it's it's honestly at this point, like, kind of a non-starter i gotta think from voters you're not seeing a ton of i think pushback either way from from either side really like saying oh yeah this is good that we're sending iowa state troopers or this is really bad that we're sending iowa state troopers i get the sense that it's it's not as big of an issue as as some other things i mean even on his twitter account Roz smith isn't really like talking it up too much like he's more talking about the charter school law and other things like that so in the grand scheme of things, I think it, it'll probably be, assuming that the Iowa State Patrol is not down there for months, I don't think that this is going to be an issue that ends up um, surfacing in the gubernatorial race long term. So uh, if they're down there for a week or two, uh, do you expect the, the governor to go pay a visit? <laughs> I wouldn't think so. I think if they're down there through Christmas, yeah, you, you better go visit them on Thanksgiving for sure. Uh, you, you don't think they'll... She'll take advantage of a photo op of mm-hmm. protecting oh, Iowa from the caravan, the you know, the hordes of illegal. Maybe she's trying to work that out. Maybe she's trying to work that out I mean, um, I, with like a visit from Trump as well, sure. so she can you know. Get I, mean, that I, I think I think I think every other Republican in Iowa has already done that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Grand to the border. Right? Yeah, Grand to the border. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Grassley went down there. Miller Meeks went down there. Henson was down there. Um, I don't know. I if, think Fingstruth. I think he went. Fingstruth? Okay. I think so. Yeah. So I think they've all been down there. Maybe, maybe Iowa will send a caravan down. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that if Ross that Smith I, goes first, that'll really. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I find interesting is that um, the, the various numbers of state patrol troopers we have. Uh, we had a story in, in the Gazette just a, a week or so ago where the Department of Public Safety talked about 267 troopers. Um, a trooper I talked to said he thinks the number is under 400 now because they're, they're not at full strength. Um, and, and now the state is saying they have 550 sworn officers um, so that this, you know, 25 or 30 is just a, a, a fraction uh, of their of the personnel. So uh, that, that number seems to be sort of, um, I don't know, pick a number, Shrinking. any number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, or growing. <laughs> uh, and I guess, I mean, we kind of joke about whether the governor will vote, but really is, isn't this more about Reynolds' reelection than making the border safer, making Iowa safer? 
yeah, it's at least good optics um, for, um, I think, you know, having sent someone at least. I'm kind of confused why maybe we're not sending people besides the state patrol or, you know, asking specifically what their needs are and then, you know, trying to, to fill those. But maybe maybe that all happened and, and they only really wanted a couple dozen or, or <laughs> maybe we'll just send a couple dozen and, and that'll be that'll be, you know, enough. But yeah, I mean, obviously there's an optics yeah. thing to consider. And still no answer from the, the Reynolds administration on who's paying for the troopers' uh, deployment, whether Iowa taxpayers are paying for that or it's coming out of this multi-state compact uh, of mutual assistance. Um, either way, either way, I guess taxpayers somewhere are going to be picking up the tab for this. Um, speaking of cost and picking up the tab and money. Uh, Amy, First District Representative Ashley Henson will be doing her weekly call to reporters this afternoon. Uh, any predictions on what she might want to talk about, perhaps uh, her fundraising haul uh, this quarter? <laughs> yeah, she raised um, almost $850,000 and in the last quarter. And keep in mind that this is an off year. Um, mm -hmm. It is a Senate campaign, so it's a higher profile race. Um, and she has been, you know, trying to position herself as a more high profile freshman. So that could definitely be helping her cause. But even so, I think for an off year, it's um, it's really a big haul. And I think speaks to not only her standing in the Senate right now, but um, the, the race that she's, you know, undoubtedly going to have to um, very much defend in, in a swing district um, coming up. Uh, roll call reported that she had about nine, more than 9,000 contributions, the average of $40. Um, yep. Which do you think is more important, the money or the message it sends to potential challengers? Oh, I think I think the latter, especially this time of the race. Um, you, you don't have to necessarily start, you know, buying ads or doing anything with that money. So it's really not that important. I think right now it's, it's positioning herself to say, hey, you know, Abby Finkenauer or hey, you know, um, you know, the other contenders that could be coming, Liz um, could be coming. Just this is my base. This is they're mm -hmm. they're the ones giving me money. Um, and, and especially the small dollar donations, I think right now, because um, you can point to that as saying I have a lot of support out there. Right. Right. Yeah. Apparently it was a good quarter for incumbents in Iowa. Uh, rumor has it that. Uh, third district representative Cindy Axney will report raising about uh, seven hundred thousand in in the uh, April May June quarter. So uh, the war chests are filling up fast, <laughs> which will give us plenty to talk about on future editions of On Iowa Politics. If you enjoy the podcast, tell a friend and subscribe to us wherever you find your podcast. Send fan mail to podcast at thegazette.com. You can find us on the home pages of the Quad City Times, Sioux City Journal, Muscatine Journal, Mason City Globe Gazette, Waterloo City Falls Career, and the Cedar Rapids Gazette. Surf Zombies will take us out. If you know an Iowa band or musician who should be on our show, send us a sound file and subscribe to On Iowa Politics. For Tom, Amy, and our producer, Stephen, I'm James Lynch. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the 4th of July.